welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. My name is Heather and I am your host. Uh, If you are new here, welcome for the first time. If you are a return listener or watcher on YouTube, thanks for coming back. I appreciate you being here. Um, If you don't know what Connect the Dots is or you just need a quick reminder, uh, this is a podcast where I take the time to explore deep, thought-provoking questions that are rolling around in my head. Uh, I learn more about neurodiversity and share that with you. Um, I bring interviews from a variety of individuals on a variety of subjects. And we learn how to navigate the workplace. So I share my experience um, working in uh, sales and customer service and being a manager and a leader um, in retail and virtual settings. Um, I bring that and help you navigate the workplace as well. And through all of this, we are connecting the dots and creating a beautiful journey together. This week, it is the fourth week of the month, which means we are navigating the workplace today. Um, We are going to talk about work-life harmony. This has been a subject that I have touched on a few times, but I wanted to give it a dedicated episode because it's important. I recently had the opportunity to share some of these thoughts as a guest on the Creative CEO podcast, and I'm going to share some of that information um, from that chat as well as some additional thoughts and research. Um, If you want to check out that episode um, where I was a guest, uh, it is linked in the notes uh, below and in the show notes. Before we dive into the subject, um, sorry, I have a lot of PSAs today. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, I would like to take this opportunity to ask you to like and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you press the notification bell so you get updates when I upload new videos each and every Thursday, um, as well as some bonus content along the way. If you aren't watching on YouTube, come over and check it out. Uh, I know if you're listening um, on the go, I get it. I appreciate you, but come over to YouTube, make sure you subscribe and get that notification. Uh, because again, I put out some, a couple little bonus content, um, out on YouTube every now and then. So come check it out. Come hang out with me over here on the, on the YouTube. Um, but wherever you're listening from, uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, uh, I would appreciate it if you would just share the podcast. Uh, would you share it on your socials? Uh, tag me in it. I would love to know uh, that you shared the podcast. If it helped you in any way, I would appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's I appreciate you, and I would just appreciate it if you would share this podcast with those people that you know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Every time I record a podcast, um, when it's during the week, um, cause it is now, it is currently Tuesday evening at 7.15 PM Eastern Standard Time. Um, and I've worked all day. Sometimes I don't, I can't find all my words. And so I'm going to apologize for that. I used a lot of words at work today. So my bank is getting a little low. Luckily for you, I wrote most of this script. So <laughs> I'm going to try to stay on target today um, and and put this, uh, get this act together here. Okay, let's, speaking of that, let's get on it. Uh, work-life harmony. What is that all about? Most people, when they talk about work-life balance, um, that's, you know, that, that's how they, they say it. Work-life balance, I still say it too. Um, it's just ingrained. It's a habit. But 
whenever I think about that term, I think about the scales of justice, right? They're, they're balancing, trying to balance these two things. Um, you know, and, and that's what I think about when I think like work life balance, how do you, how do you keep this, this equilibrium here? But balancing your time between the two is not, not really possible. Um, if you were to do an equal split, you would be working 84 hours a week. That's a hard pass for me. So no, not going to do it. And I know you're saying, Heather, it's just a metaphor. I know that it's a metaphor. I know calling it balance isn't meeting hour to hour balance, but that's where my brain goes. So here we are. (laughs) That's the image and phrase that comes to my head. And it's been a difficult one for me to try to figure out and compartmentalize. Okay, work, life, balance. How am I going to do this? Um, So just go with me. Um, When I started my new job back in November, my boss called it work-life harmony. And that's really the first time I've ever heard that term. And I thought, huh, harmony. I can get down with harmony. I like that term. And I was talking about um, burnout on one of the episodes of the 100 Days of Podcast. And the topic of work-life harmony uh, flowed into this conversation. And the analogy of the ocean came to mind. So think about it, right? Every day there are, there's high tides and low tides, right? There's two a day of each one. So high tide, low tide. Depending on the day, um, work could be the high tide. Um, it could be, you know, work is, work is coming up and pushing responsibilities. Um, it's, you know, it's the high tides pushing that up the beach. Um, and then it recedes, right? That's, and then low tide happens and that's when you have more space. Maybe that's, that's the life, right? That's, that's the evenings, um, when you're getting to spend time with your family or your friends or alone. But if it's life, um, you know, maybe, maybe some days life is going to be the high tide where you've got, um, responsibilities at home. Maybe you have kids, maybe you're planning a party or a wedding, or you're in one of, you're in a wedding or you're having a baby, right? The, the high tide is sometimes the, the life responsibilities, the things that you have going. So when that happens, right? You, you know that the high tide's here, but you also know that guess what? The high tide is going to recede. It's going to go back to the low tide where you have more space. It's the harmony, right? The ebb and the flow, the back and the forth versus being a static. Let me balance this out. No, let me, let me move and adjust with what's happening. We all know though that storms happen, So when, you know, if you're, if you are at the beach or if you've ever been to the beach, you know that storms happen, rain, wind, hurricanes, um, those are different elements that come in and they change the water. Just like when unexpected things happen in our life, we have to weather that storm. We know when storms come um, and, and wind is, is pushing things around and the rain is beating down, that water level is rising higher than it should. We know that, again, because of the, of the way that 
the ocean works, the cycle of the tides, we know that after that storm passes, things are going to go down, things are going to get back to normal where we have that steady and consistent high tide and low tide. It's a rhythm. I think about it too, ocean waves are a sound that that people often use to fall asleep to. Um, It's calming. It's it's serene. Uh, This analogy I also think about, like when things are getting tough, right? Think of the calming waves. And when, you know, when those, those storms happen, right, I, I kind of equate that to those, those times when you're feeling overwhelmed, um, you're, you're feeling you're just overtaken by the tasks that you have to do. Um, maybe it's a, a period of where you're struggling with depression. Um, you're going through a difficult time. Those things happen and we have to work through those. Sometimes we have to take shelter um, from the storm and and so that's where, again, it comes back, though, that the storm passes um, and everything goes back to, to the same rhythm, the ebb and flow of the high tide and low tide, the waves going in and out. When I was on the, the when I was a guest on the podcast, we were talking about this and, and they, they brought this question up to me. They said, we know the words that are used to describe when we're unbalanced and, and working too much. Um, that overwhelm, drowning, being anxious. But how does it feel when you are balanced or when you are in, in harmony, when you have that work-life harmony um, that, I, that I'm talking about? So they posed this question to me. And when I was preparing, because they sent it to me before, thankfully, uh, so I could prepare uh, to, to be able to, to speak on some of this stuff, I thought about this answer because I had to think about it right when I when I first changed roles when I first started to really focus on the harmony versus the balance how did it feel and it felt strange really strange Um, if you've been battling and out of sorts for a while you may feel like something is wrong or off like you're missing something uh, like you've dropped the ball on something. That may be what it feels like. Um, it may be, it may feel like you're not putting in the time you think you need to put in at work because now you're only working the 40 hours a week um, that you need to. You're not working all of the overtime. You're not working um, so much. Your mind's not consumed by so much. So it feels weird. And I think it's important just as we have the vocabulary to describe when we are out of sync, out of harmony, out of balance, it's important to have some words to describe when we feel in harmony, right? When we achieve that kind of equilibrium um, and, and that balance of, of sorts um, with with work work life harmony. So I'm going to reference um, reference some things from Brene Brown's book Atlas of the Heart. Um, if you were, if you've been a listener to the podcast, I did review this book um, during the hundred days of podcast. Um, but basically, she has taken like eighty-two different words for emotions and given you fra- like given those to you in uh, in this book. So really giving us a broader vocabulary and a more accurate vocabulary to speak about how we think and feel. 
So I've got three words that I want to share from the chapter called places we go when we feel good. Because when you're in, when you have that work-life harmony, you should feel good. So the first one that you'll, that you'll start to feel, the first emotion that I want you to think about is calm. And this is defined as creating perspective and mindfulness while managing emotional reactivity right? We're calm. We're mindful of what's going on. We have perspective. We're not getting overly emotional at things. We're not getting, um, you know, just because uh, our, you know, maybe our significant other, you know, didn't turn the light off or close the cabinet or put up his towel, like whatever case, like we're not reacting um, just off the cuff and, and all emotional, right? We're calm because we have that perspective and that mindfulness um, about, about how we're feeling across the board. The second one is gratitude. And gratitude is an emotion that reflects our deep appreciation for what we value, uh, what brings meaning to our lives, and what makes us feel connected to ourselves and others. Um, And being grateful, I think when you've, when you're in that, in that balance, and again, it's hard to take that word out, but just, I, th- I hope that you all are with me and you understand, right? Uh, when you find that harmony, when you're on that, on that cycle of, of, you know, that high tide, low tide piece, and you, you have that gratitude for the things that are happening, um, we are able to make more connections with ourselves, with others. We're able to spend that time in the life part um, and really appreciate what's going on. And then the third one is relief. And I, and I put this as the third one because if you've, again, if you've been battling, if you've been in the overwhelm, you felt like you were drowning, you're, you're going to go through and you're going to feel the calm. You're going to start to feel the gratitude, but then you're going to feel the relief which is described as feelings of, as feelings leaving the body and being able to breathe more easily. Thoughts of the worst being over and being safe for the moment, resting and waiting to get on to something else. Thoughts of the worst over and being safe for the moment. That relief that comes you know, and some people may go, well, isn't that calm? No, it's, it's being able to breathe easily. It's being able to know that, oh man, that I, I, I don't have to work on those four projects anymore. Um, I get to press that reset button. I get to enjoy my vacation without having to, to monitor my email and my chats. I can actually step away. It's relief that happens and we can talk about what it feels like all day long but how do we achieve it how how do we get there Um, and so I I found um, an article from Maryville University that compared work-life balance to work-life harmony and, and they say achieving work-life harmony means reassessing how you integrate your work life into your personal life. It shouldn't be a competition. They should coexist. 
And so they give a couple of steps um, to start working on that path to work-life harmony. Um, this is not a, a one-and-done thing, though. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share. Um, I'm actually gonna share. The, there are three things, uh, three steps to to start on that path to work life harmony. I'm going to share those, but I'm actually going to share something else before I get there. So hold on just a second, because I want to not forget to share that information. So I'm going to move it. There we go. Okay. So I'll come back to how they say to start start on that path. Uh, but again, it's not a one and done thing. And so I, I found a, a Harvard Business Review article um, from January of 2021 that was called Work-Life Balance is a Cycle, Not an Achievement. Again, like, like tides, it's a cycle. They happen twice a day, every day. Um, high tides occur 12 hours and 25 minutes apart. So, um, so it's a cycle, but it's not the hamster wheel. So when you think cycle, don't think hamster wheel cycle. Again, my mind goes straight there. Um, think, you know, it's a, so, so you're not running and running and running on the wheel. Um, it's, it's just simply the cycle that it goes through. It's like a clock, right? Um, like it's, it just, you're going to go all the way around to 12 and guess what? You're going to go around again. Um, and it doesn't rush. It has a pace. Again, similar to tides they come in and they go out and they're they are on a a cyclic schedule um but this is what the harvard business review article found um their research showed that achieving better balance between professional and personal priorities really boils down to a combination of reflexivity or questioning assumptions to increase your self-awareness um, and the intentional role an intentional role redefinition. Um, it says, importantly, our research suggests that it is not a one-time fix, but rather a cycle that we must engage in continuously as our circumstances and priorities evolve. And then they went on to define the, the five distinct steps of this cycle. Um, and so the first step of the cycle is to pause and denormalize. Um, take a step back. Ask yourself some questions. What's causing me stress or unbalance? What's dissatisfying? How are these circumstances uh, circumstances affecting how I perform and engage? How are they impacting my personal life? What am I prioritizing and sacrificing? What's getting lost? Only after you take a mental pause and acknowledge these factors can you really begin to tackle them. And uh, some professionals may be fine with working long hours, but really taking the time to think through these questions and acknowledge the trade-offs that you've made, whether they were intentional or not, is helpful. This is helpful for anyone looking to discover alternative, alternative ways of working and living. So the first step of, of this uh, cycle is to pause and denormalize. The second step is to pay attention to your emotions. So once you've increased the awareness of your situation, examine how the situation makes you feel. Ask yourself, do I feel energized, fulfilled, satisfied, or do I feel angry, resentful, or sad? 
Awareness of your emotional state is essential in order to determine the changes that you want to make in your work and your life. The third thing you do now that you've you've paused and, and taken inventory, you've uh, checked your emotions, right? Where are you emotionally? Now you're going to reprioritize. Um, it says increasing your cognitive and emotional awareness gives you the tools you need to put things into perspective and determine how your priorities need to be adjusted. So again, we're asking ourselves questions like, what am I willing to sacrifice and for how long? If I've been prioritizing work over family, why do I feel it is important to prioritize my life in this way? Is it really necessary? What regrets do I already have? And what will I regret if I continue this way? You have to if you if you really sit down and think about it, our priorities often shift faster than our day-to-day time allocation that we have, right? Like if you if you've kind of set your your day up on like I do X, Y, and Z, um, you realize your priorities may change and shift even faster than what you've already kind of set out to do. So now that you've reprioritized, consider your alternatives. Before you jump into solutions, first reflect on the aspects of your work and your life that could be different in order to better align with your priorities. Are there components of your job that you would like to see changed? How much time would you like to spend with your family or on your hobbies? And finally, the fifth step is to implement those changes. Once you've reorganized your priorities and carefully considered the options um, that can help you improve, it's time to take that action. This might mean a public change, something that explicitly shifts your colleagues' expectations, such as taking on a new role that's designed to be less time demanding or allows for a compressed work week. Or maybe it's a private change in which you informally change your work patterns without necessarily attempting to change your colleagues' expectations. So the, this is really a cycle of continuous reevaluation and improvement. It's, it's again, not a one and done thing. I know I, I've been on this journey since November and um, there have been times when I've had to stop, think, figure out how is this making me feel? What's going on? Let me reprioritize. Let me figure out what I need to do. Um, I kind of take in that evaluation of, is this just simply a, a really high tide? Is this a storm? Is this a severe storm that's really making the water rise? Uh, is there an end in sight? Like I, I kind of go through those steps um, and, and, and kind of just, again, reset the cycle. Um, this is this is one of the things too that's especially um, important if you're under the influence of like an overpowering culture of long work hours it's very easy to like slide back into business as usual uh, whether it's conscious or unconscious um, and it's it's they said that in their interviews they did find that for people to make real change in their lives they must continually remember to pause connect with their emotions rethink those priorities evaluate alternatives and implement changes um, and this is throughout their personal and professional lives so the so this this lines up really with with what was in that maryville university um study or article 
where they had the, the three, they offered three steps to get you on the path uh, to work-life harmony. And so they shared, like, be present. Uh, when you're working, make sure that you're fully engaged in your tasks and activities. And then put your work, work responsibilities out of your mind when you're off the clock. Um, this is where you're, you're kind of figuring out that, like, that pause that pause piece and, and you're paying attention, right? If, if I'm at work, am I fully engaged at work so that when I'm off work, I can fully disengage and be, and be fully engaged with, with my, with my family or my husband, my wife, your significant other, whatever. Um, you know, are you, are you present where you are? The second thing is to set those priorities. Um, establish the goals and priorities for work, school, home, uh, and this will help keep you focused on the task, right? That give you satisfaction and happiness and a sense of accomplishment. And then finally, the, the third thing that they said um, to help put you on the path to work-life harmony is to enjoy what you do. If you're not already passionate about your work, find purpose in what you do and embrace it. If you can't, this is when it becomes time to really pause, reevaluate. Is this time to explore alternate career moves? Um, if you don't have enough, you know, personal or family time, make these changes to allow for those rewarding experiences. Enjoying what you do is very important. Um, and you're not going to enjoy every aspect of your job. That's, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy every aspect of my job. Uh, I really, I, I am, I love organization. I love being organized. I love setting up systems. I love following systems, but the, there's like some tedious things um, like for setup stuff that I sometimes have to do that I am not comfortable with. I don't, I, I'm not, don't know enough about it to be super comfortable, but it's definitely not what's fueling my passion. I'm not going, yes, yes, let me go and let me set up these things in this system. No, mm -mm, no, I'm passionate about oh, we're going to talk about this topic. Let me write a podcast, let me write a presentation, let me write a training. That's where I, my passion. That fuels me and it gets me through the times when I do have to do the mundane tasks that I'm not passionate about. But there are times in your life where you may be like, I am not passionate about any of this or I am very passionate about it, but I don't have any time to do anything else. I, I don't have time to even focus on it because I'm working on all the other stuff I don't want to do. So I'm getting ahead of myself because this kind of goes into the next section. So let me... Let me, let me wrap up that, that Maryville study, right? So, so again, so Maryville University in their article, they talked the, the three steps to get on the path, um, to work-life harmony, be present, set priorities and enjoy what you do. Those two articles are linked down below, by the way. So if you want to go read them, you can, but we're, we're not always going to get it right. Um, when we will all have times when it feels like the high tide won't recede, um, when I was on the other podcast, we talked a little bit about um, when it doesn't seem like things aren't going to recede, the storm won't start stop coming. It's just one after another after another. 
Um, what, what do we do when that happens? And in this case, we were referencing work specifically, not personal, but, but the work side of things. When, when that storm is just, just beating you down and you don't know what to do. Um, you know, we've talked about like resetting the cycle, right? The, the five things, the five distinct steps of the cycle. We've talked about that, but sometimes it's still not enough. You still feel like this is too much. So here's my advice. If work feels like it just won't stop, um, that you're, that you're just drowning in things, things that you're responsible for, things that you have to do. The, this is my advice. Um, take a moment to write everything down. What do you have to do? Um, all of the tasks, big, small, whatever, write them down. If you have a due date for something, put it next to it. But brain dump everything out. Um, I like to do this with pen and paper, even though sometimes it's hard to read my handwriting when I go back to, 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 to go through it. But whatever works for you, take that time to just get it all out of your head. Sometimes that's enough of a reset moment to go, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay, I can, I can delegate this. I, this is actually not important. Or, oh, I've actually already done these things. Or, oh, so-and-so said they were going to do this. You can start to like sort things out. The next important thing after you've, after you've done that is to ask for help. If you're working um, for someone, right? You're, you're working at a company, uh, you're working for someone and you're, you're fe- you feel like you're drowning and you're overwhelmed and you're like, I've written all of this stuff down. I still have things. I don't know where they need, where they go, who can do them. How do I get them off my plate? Uh, how do I reprioritize it? Ask for help. Talk to your manager about your workload. Um, see if there are things that you can delegate, negotiate a new deadline for something. Maybe it's important, but maybe it's not, um, urgent and that deadline can be set out a little bit farther. So you aren't so overwhelmed, but talking to your manager is really important. Um, as a leader, it is part of our responsibility to help you navigate situations like this. We can help be that checks and balance of, do you have too much on your plate? Um, Are you managing your time well? Is there something going on that we can um, help you with, right? Is there um, an accommodation that you need? Do you need some assistance with something? Um, Do we need to, you know, the manager's there to help figure out how they can support you. If you're, if you're feeling overloaded, they can't take things off your, they can't personally like take all of the things off your plate and just be like, okay, fresh plate. Bye. Uh, I mean, maybe some places they can, but as a leader, at least from my perspective, if I have somebody come to me and they go, Heather, okay, I've overcommitted myself. Uh, here's all the things I have to do. I really, I've thought about who I can hand off to and what I can do, but I'm still running into the fact that I still don't have the time. I need to figure out a way to decrease my responsibilities so that I can be, I can be working on things that I'm really passionate about 
and able to succeed in those things versus stretching myself so thin. If somebody came to me and they asked me that, um, I would say, okay, let's take a look at the list. Let's figure out what we have going on. And I would help them navigate that. If there's something that I can take off their plate, maybe it's something I gave them to do. And I can say, you know what? I've, I've had you do this for, for six months. Um, you know, let's, let's rotate it out to somebody, on, somebody else on the team. Let's give everybody a chance to do this, this specific task. Let's figure out who, who can take it on. So the, the leader, your, your leader, your manager should help you work through those things. Is this always going to happen? No. If that happens, if you've gone to your manager and you're like, okay, plate's full, can't take anything else. Um, I'm really at my limits. Um, I, I don't, you know, don't want to take on any other new projects. I, I'm just trying to, trying to hold on here. I, you know, I see, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're, we're coming up on a period where this is getting handed off and this is getting handed off. I'm going to be good. I'm going to have more space, more time. I'm not going to feel so overwhelmed. And then your manager comes to you uh, a week later and says, Oh, by the way, I volunteered you for something. Hmm. That's a sign <laughs> that, that they weren't listening, that they didn't hear you, that they didn't understand, or they don't care. I don't know which one it is, and it may be a variation of them all. But if that's the case, that's a, that's a signal that you may want to start looking elsewhere. Maybe that's another department. Maybe that's another company. Um, maybe, you know, maybe that's the opportunity for you to go, you know what? I have, I have a couple weeks of vacation I need to take. Let the chips fall where they may because I've asked for help and nobody wants to help. I'm going on vacation. Figure it out. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's all that people need to go, oh, she's going to be out on vacation. Oh, he's going to be out on vacation. How do we, how, how do we, you know, overcome this? Is everything coming to a standstill or are people going, oh yeah, I can take care of that while you're out. I can take care. And it starts to lessen your load. But I'm not trying to be be rude to leaders that do this because I'm I may have done this at some point in my in my past. I'm I'm always I'm a, a learning leader, okay? I am not always perfect. I don't always get it right. Um if that happens, if they if they come to you and they say, Hey, I volunteered you for this, also have the you know, ha have the confidence that you can come back to say, Hey, I appreciate that opportunity. I do. I don't have the bandwidth for that. I don't have the space to handle that right now. Could you possibly hand it to somebody else? Could I trade off a project for it? Um, remember I told you the other day how I'm feeling a lot of overwhelm right now with everything going on. Um, my, my plate's getting too full. Be willing to also have that open dialogue back to your manager. And again, however they respond to that, that's again another sign to say, is this a place that I need to stay or is this somewhere I really need to look at moving away from? Because that's going to tell you a lot in how they support you in those kind of things. So I, I think through all of this, I think you understand that finding the harmony 
is not easy. It's hard at first. It's it's hard to find that ebb and flow um, in in your between work and life, um, so that it becomes that that kind of gentle cycle of of you know waves in, waves out, high tide, low tide. Um, and, and it will be hard again at some point. Um, this is, it's not, like I've said before on the podcast, it's not a one and done thing. The tide will rise. The storms will come. It's finding that rhythm that makes it easier to return to again. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up today. Get on out of here. Um, I really appreciate you listening today, uh, watching today, whichever one you did. Um, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, um, but I am trying to raise some money for charity um, and to upgrade um, my microphone, this, this white snowball thing here. Um, and I'm doing this through um, Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, so that link is listed in the notes. It's listed in the, in the description. Um, my goal is to hit $500. If I hit $500, I'm going to purchase a microphone that is no more than $250. I won't spend more than that because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I hope to spend way less than that, like maybe $150. Um, and then anything over the cost of the microphone, uh, $250, um, a minimum of 250 will go to charity. So at least 50% of the 500 goal goes to charity. Uh, and as we get closer, we will we will pick a charity. Uh, more than likely, I have, a, I have a couple that I really like. Um, so more than likely, it will either be something to do with animals or something to do with veterans um, or something to do with um, like, um, like, like neurodiversity stuff. So it'll be one of those three things. Um, so if you would like to donate, um, to, to charity, um, and to the Buy Heather a New Microphone Fund, <laughs> um, I, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I will keep you updated on how we're doing on that goal every once in a while. Uh, I don't expect to hit this goal in like two weeks. Uh, I know it's a long, it's a long term goal that I'm setting out to do. Um, so I, but I do appreciate you. Uh, if you, if you would consider, uh, just buying me a coffee, um, and that, that money will go towards that goal. Next week is the fifth Thursday of the month, which means it's time for a fun episode. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I haven't thought about it. Uh, I was going to do a happy hour with friends, like do, do like a zoom happy hour thing, but I didn't schedule it. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, if you would, if you have a fun topic that you'd like for me to talk about, uh, if you'd like for me to uh, maybe do a reaction video, uh, there's actually one I really want to do. Um, it's it's a podcast um, that I want to make a reaction video to, um, and so maybe I'll do that. It's a it's a Rachel Hollis podcast um, about leadership, and um, yeah, if uh, if you we're going to get into the whole Rachel toxic positivity that comes up in the first week of July. So that may actually be a good precursor <coughs> to, um, to that episode. So maybe we'll do that. Uh, but let me know if you have an idea, let me know, uh, send it to me on Instagram, send me a DM, post it on, on a 
picture, whatever, uh, just let me know. I'd love to get your insight on what to do for next week. Because it's the fun week. Yay! Um, Alright, that uh, that's all I have for today. I am, uh, I'm going to go practice this work-life harmony. I'm going to go practice this work-life harmony uh, and uh, go hang out with uh, go hang out with Jay on the couch uh, while I edit this podcast uh, and uh, get it ready to go up uh, for you. And that sounds weird, doesn't it? Because I'm recording this on Tuesday. So on Tuesday evening, I'm going to go hang out with my husband and edit this podcast while watching television. And... You're hearing it on Thursday. Ooh. Yeah, it's time for me to go. I'm, my brain is done. It's done. I'm out. Out of stuff. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, until I see you next week, remember that you are loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you in this life if you trust and believe in the Lord. We'll see you next week. Bye.